Welcome to the drdavidmarlin.com Stable Science Podcast. I'm Dr. David Marlin, and along with a great team of experts, I'm helping horse owners and riders achieve optimal performance for their much-loved horses. In these podcasts, we will discuss science-led research, technology, information, and advice to help you care for your horses so they may live healthier, happier, and longer lives. To support the podcast and all our research and science for horses, go to our website, www.drdavidmarlin.com, and to learn more about what we do and the hot topics under discussion, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Well, it looks like at least if you're in the UK, uh, on most parts of the UK, you've probably experienced some warmer weather uh, in the past few days. So it looks like maybe summer has arrived. Of course, we never know uh, for how long that's going to be. And yes, of course, summer comes around every year and we get some warm weather. Uh, so there's, there's no need for us to panic. Um, of course, when the temperatures start getting up into the 30s, this can cause problems for some horses. Um, horses with health problems such as uh, cardiovascular disease, respiratory disease, very old horses, uh, foals, they can be more prone, as with people actually, uh, more prone to the adverse uh, and, and dangerous effects of heat. And today, people are much more aware about how to manage horses in the heat. If we go back to uh, the time of the Atlanta Olympics, in fact, go back uh, before that to the Barcelona Olympic Games in 1992, we had real problems in managing horses in the heat. Uh, there really wasn't any concept of acclimatization uh, or even cooling for that matter. And things obviously moved on a lot. I was heavily involved with the Atlanta Olympic Games in looking at how we could uh, travel horses, acclimatise them to the heat, manage the competition, uh, adjust the competition for the heat, and also, as I say, cooling is incredibly important. And we saw 
um, at the most recent Tokyo Olympic Games, which was incredibly hot and incredibly humid. In the way that we managed that, uh, with the advice that was given to competitors, we actually ended up with no heat-related illness in any of the horses at all. So, just like people, heat can affect horses in uh, in different ways. So, for example, if your horse is standing out in the heat all day, there's a chronic, a, a long-term effect of heat. And part of that can be a continual sweating, loss of electrolytes, some degree of dehydration, um, and just not, you know, it not feeling great in the same way that uh, we experience heat we can get a bit of heat stroke horses can get the same effects now horses are actually much better adapted in some ways for coping with heat than us in terms of for example sweating horses can sweat at three times the rate that we can to cool themselves down they're much bigger than we are so they struggle actually to lose heat so generally speaking if you're big you want to be living in a cold environment and if you're small you want to be living in a, a hotter environment or you're, you've got more an advantage if you're small in a hot environment and if you're big in a cold environment. So horses are sort of around six, seven times larger than we are but they only have around two to three times more surface area and surface area is the, the the amount of surface skin surface you've got is important because this is where you lose the majority of your heat from so horses produce also a lot of heat they are able to use oxygen even accounting for the difference in size generally horses per kilogram of body weight will be using oxygen at a rate five six times greater than we would be and the a rate of heat production is related to the rate at which oxygen is used so horses of course are incredibly athletic part of that is because they have this great ability to use oxygen but it also means they are generating heat around five six times faster than we would be so a little bit of an increase in body temperature is actually really beneficial it's part of warming up uh, it's not just called warming up because it raises the body temperature um, and gets us ready for exercise. It literally does raise the body temperature. And what that does is it makes some of the chemical reactions involved in energy uh, utilization work a bit faster. It also increases uh, muscle strength and muscle power. So warming up is really important. But it gets to a point where that increase in body temperature starts to have negative effects starts to cause fatigue starts to increase the the risk of the horse becoming ataxic wobbly uh, it then also results in an increased chance perhaps of mistakes or, or falls so we want to avoid horses getting too hot so this is where we come in to talk about competition so how do you stop your horse overheating during competition? Well, one of the important ways that you can do this or reduce the risk of overheating is to acclimatize your horse to the heat. And acclimatization simply means training in the heat for several weeks before you actually go and compete in the heat. Now, we've had a problem 
in most parts of the UK for those of you who have been competing this weekend because we've had a sudden increase in temperature. So 30 degrees C, which it's been in many parts of the UK uh, around this, this sort of past few days, is not particularly a problem for horses if they are acclimatised. But because it's been fairly cool, uh, if, for example, where I live around Cambridge, we've had mornings where it's sort of like 7, 8 degrees. So if you were training at that time of the day, then your horse is not going to be used to the heat. And if you suddenly have been training for the past month below sort of temperatures of 10, 15 degrees C, and you suddenly have to compete at a, in the middle of the day when it's sort of 30, then your horse is going to be much more susceptible to the adverse effects of heat. Now, of course, the best way that we manage heat particularly when it comes to the Olympic Games or World Championships, World Equestrian Games, ideally what we would want to do is avoid that heat completely. But this isn't always possible. So some of you may remember that the World Equestrian Games in Tryon in uh, North Carolina in 2018, it actually was scheduled for August. But when we looked at the climate data for Tryon in August, it was decided that it was actually too risky, it was too hot. So the FEI made the decision to move it back a month to September. Now, it was still relatively hot in September, but much uh, less so than it would have been in August. So avoidance is one of our key tools in protecting horses. Now, at the same time, in the Olympic Games, for example, in Tokyo, for the dressage and for the show jumping competitions, these didn't start until early evening when the temperature dropped down significantly. Eventing was different because the event horses have to compete the cross country, obviously in daylight, so we can't completely avoid the, the heat. But we tend to try and run it as early as we can uh, in the morning when we have good light and the lowest temperatures so avoidance is our number one choice but as I say this isn't always possible so if you are going to have to ride your horse whether it's dressage or show jumping carriage driving polo uh, whether it's eventing whether you if you are going to have to compete in the middle of the day in the summer then really you should be training your horse in the middle of the day to give them the best chance of adapting to the heat they need to get hot they need to get hotter than they would normally do in order to get this benefit of heat acclimatization when it comes to major competitions other ways in which we can try and mitigate for the effects of heat include reducing the competition now, this is particularly important when it comes to eventing. So you will often find that if there is a competition in a hot climate, that the course will be shorter because obviously the longer the horses are competing, the hotter they are going to get. So shortening the course is often one of our important management factors that we can use to reduce the overall heat stress on the horses. And other steps that you can take as a rider include, for example, changing your warm-up. 
if you would normally warm up for 40 minutes there are two options you could use one is to actually shorten that warm up because your horse will get uh, hotter in a much shorter time in warm weather so you can actually reduce your warm-up time and you may also want to consider breaking your warm-up into shorter periods so instead of for example doing uh, 40 minutes you might go down to 30 minutes and you might also have a break after every say 10 or 15 minutes in your warm-up and do some cooling before you continue your warm-up because warm-up has obviously two important components one is a physical uh, component the other is a mental uh, preparation for both the horse and rider so some warm-up is obviously necessary but what we see from studies is that often people's warm-up is longer than is optimal so don't be uh, afraid of shortening your warm-up time you may actually find that your horse performs better so we've said we have these two different scenarios really we have horses that are not competing and that are just at pasture and sometimes these horses don't cope well with very hot weather and then we've got the horses that are competing and in a way we we're going to approach managing those in different ways so let's go back to thinking about the horse that is at home and the horse that doesn't particularly like the heat. If you've got brick stables, then potentially these may be cooler inside during the hottest part of the day than actually outside in the field. Other types of stables, uh, for example, if they've got low roofs, often if they're made of wood, uh, these can be much hotter inside than it would be for the horse actually being outside. So thinking about where you're going to put your horse when it's very hot. Turning your horse out overnight, bringing your horse in during the day can be a good way to manage horses in very hot periods. Again, depending on the construction and position of your stable. And again, you will know yourself. If you go in your stable uh, during the middle of the day and it feels cooler, then that's clearly uh, a good indication if you go in there in the middle of the day and it actually feels hotter than it does outside well again that's a very easy way of assessing where it would probably be best to have your horse if you don't have the option of having your horse in uh, and your horse doesn't have much shade then and has to be out well spraying your horse down with water is a good way to help them keep cool now there are various different rugs out there um, cooling rugs which you can put on if those are wet and it's relatively uh, low humidity which for example in the UK it is most of the time those rugs will actually do quite a good job because they will be evaporating the water and that will be preventing the horse from having to use its own bodily water as sweat and becoming dehydrated but it's extremely important if you are going to use a cooling rug that it's kept wet the whole time you don't allow it to dry out if you allow it to dry out then it's going to become like the horse wearing a blanket and it's going to be worse 
if you can go out and hose your horse down spray even just spray with a garden sprayer to kind of wet the the coat if you can do that four or five times a day then your horse is going to uh, become less dehydrated and is going to be a lot more comfortable and of course providing shade is a fantastic thing if you can do it or if you have it as we've seen horses may not choose to use the shade even if it is provided so again um, spraying them down with water will overcome that problem of them not choosing to use the shade that you've so carefully and often expensively provided for them if you're off to compete in the the heat then a few things that you can think about include when you travel i saw a story at the weekend of uh, a horse and a rider who got trapped i think on one of the major motorways uh, for three hours in the heat because of accidents so now what that had a good outcome the police eventually came along and took the uh, the horse box off as a priority but it really isn't what you want to have so traveling early in the morning as early as you can uh, avoiding the heat of the day avoiding the traffic traveling later at night these will have a massive impact on your horse and don't forget to take plenty of water if you do get stuck then there's no reason why you shouldn't be going in and putting water on your horse to help uh, it cool down while you're waiting for assistance or you're waiting for the traffic to clear how would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with juvederm volure xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're at the show, almost always it's hotter inside the horse box uh, or trailer than it will be outside. So remember that. If you can have your horse tied up on the shade side of your lorry, it's common sense. Or if necessary, you can go and stand with your horse under uh, tree areas, under shaded areas, which might, will be even nicer. 
Make sure you allow your horse to have access to water at all times, even up to the point where you're going to tack up and get on. Your horse can still have water. It doesn't cause any problems with the stomach. It doesn't cause colic. And keeping your horse hydrated is incredibly important. We've already just talked about warm-up. Reducing your warm-up, the amount of time you spend, and or splitting that warm-up into shorter periods where you stop and do some cooling before you continue. I can guarantee your horse will appreciate it and your horse will be at significantly less risk of heat-related problems. It won't get as hot during exercise and perform better and recover quicker. And just bear in mind that your horse may not be able to do as much as it would normally do in hot weather. Even if your horse has been acclimatized, you may just have to ride a little bit slower, be a little bit more careful, ask less questions of your horse. When you finish competing or training, if it's at home, riding, just even if you're out hacking, allow your horse to have a drink and drink as much as it wants. There is no risk to doing this. Horses are not stupid. Horses have been doing this for years. We know in the winter, if you're out hunting and you stop by a, a stream uh, or a, a lake and, or a pond and you let your horse have a drink, they drink huge amounts of cold water and they don't get colic. So allowing them to drink immediately after exercise is not a risk and speeds up their recovery reduces significantly the risk of heat related problems they are able to drink while they're still blowing they don't suffer any consequences from this whatsoever and in fact they have a very strong thirst in that first one or two minutes after they finish competing it was great to see at Bramham this weekend most of the horses after they've finished the cross country being immediately offered water to drink while the tack was being taken off and they were water was being put on them very quickly and the horses looked in brilliant shape in fact i think it was izzy taylor's horse that i took a video of um, and with her permission posted on our facebook page just because they were doing such a great job and because the horse looked so fantastic the horse was completely chilled out with uh, his head up uh, ears pricked forward really just enjoying being cooled so cooling is really important now what about if your horse isn't that hot well if you cool a horse that isn't that hot then you won't be causing them any problems it's not like it's going to make them ill by cooling them uh, if they don't need it it's always best to assume they're hot and of course there are very clear signs that horses are hot what what are the best signs well the first one is actually the breathing many people think that when horses are blowing hard after exercise that's due to uh, a lack of oxygen or too much carbon dioxide it's not it's driven by their body temperature so when you see that deep <laughs> and you see the nostrils flaring that is related to their body temperature so you'll see that the, the nostrils really flaring out. It will often look very uh, red, very inflamed inside. They're going to be hot to touch. If you put your hand on, they're going to feel warm. 
they're probably going to be covered in sweat they may well be if you pull them up immediately after exercise they may well be a little bit wobbly on their feet we call that ataxia and this is related to the fact that when they're exercising they keep up their blood pressure the blood pressure is high but there's not so much blood flow going through the skin now as soon as they start to stop they don't need all that blood circulating through the muscles but they realize that the horse's brain realizes it's hot and opens up all these blood vessels in the skin and what that causes is a big drop in blood pressure and so that can make them feel almost like fainting uh, that would be the equivalent in people so you have low blood pressure and you get a little bit wobbly uh, on your feet so if you do see the signs of that it's best to try and keep your horse walking because that keeps their blood pressure up walking and cooling them at the same time if your horse is very hot it may well be a little bit distressed and a little bit excited so again take care um also if you are grooming for somebody uh in the heat i know it's lovely to be walking around in your shorts and your 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 crocs or your flip-flops um i did see somebody trodden on at bramham at the weekend uh and there's been a few stories of people who have, have had uh broken toes lost toes because of not having appropriate footwear uh when being around horses so you've got a hot horse what are you going to do well it, you need to start as quickly as possible because time is very critical if the horse is very hot so it the sort of horses competing at bramham finishing the cross country were they were finishing around a rectal temperature of 40 degrees centigrade and that rectal temperature if you didn't cool them will actually climb to probably around 40.5 41 in the next five to ten minutes after they finish because the heat in the horse's body is produced by the muscles the horse's muscles are a bit like a car engine they're converting energy into movement but there's also an inefficiency and some of that energy ends up as heat now in horses for every unit of energy that actually results in muscle contraction you're going to get four times as much released as heat and that heat is stored in the muscles mainly during exercise and then it has to be spread around the body primarily to the surface but it also ends up being spread to the rectum and because the rectum has a pretty good blood supply and that's how we can measure the rectal temperature but the rectal temperature lags behind the muscle temperature uh, and it tends to be much lower than the muscle temperature but as i say we know that if a horse finishes cross country at a temperature of 40 then it's going to go up to 40.5 and 41 and we don't really want them to be that hot for too long so it's important to start cooling ideally having water that's sort of five degrees with ice or 10 degrees or 15 degrees is is going to be the best way to cool them because in that way you have a very big gradient between the temperature of the water you're putting on and the temperature of the horse's surface you need to put on lots of water and you need to keep it going on continuously there is absolutely no need to scrape in fact we have studies now that show 
that scraping slows down cooling. In fact, Helen Reynolds, a thermographer, and I at the uh, Tokyo Olympic Games test event in 2019, we produced some videos showing this, that the horse's coat was surface was nice and cool, and then somebody comes along with a scraper, and it warms up immediately because you're taking away the cold water. When we put on water that's lower than the horse's surface temperature, heat is transferred from the horse into that water. It doesn't insulate the horse, uh, you can turn out horses that are wet into the sun. They don't spontaneously combust, as has been suggested. Um, water's just like sweat, it evaporates. So it's important when you're cooling to use as much water as you can. Sometimes you can use water straight from the hose. If it is hot weather, check that the hose, uh, the water that's coming out of the hose where it's been sitting on the ground isn't hot run it to make sure that it is cold before you start using it on the horse apply water all over the body you don't need to put it over the head uh, a lot of horses don't like having a bucket of water thrown over their head not surprisingly but everywhere else as much water as you can get on and just keep that water going on uh, we often think a lot of people put the water on the head because they think it's cooling the brain down. It's not. The water that you're putting on over the whole body cools the blood, and that is the cooler blood going through the head is actually what cools the brain. There is no need to concentrate on specific areas such as large arteries or veins. This is not an effective way to cool. What you're trying to do is cool as much blood as possible and where that blood is nearest to the surface is, of course, in the skin. And there's a large amount of blood that you're making cooler and is going back, picking up heat, coming back to the surface. What happens if you overcall? Well, your horse might start shivering, but that is a much safer thing to be happening than your horse getting heat exhaustion and heat stroke, which can be unfortunately fatal so it's just about putting water on all over it does not cause tying up at Bramham I pretty much saw I would say every rider almost every rider cooling their horses absolutely perfectly I did see one horse where they were not purposefully not putting water on the hindquarters and this is because of a myth that it causes the horses to cramp up to tie up it doesn't we've actually done studies where we put very fine needle temperature sensors into the muscles to show that the muscles don't get frozen by cold water being put on so while you're cooling if your horse is happy then walk them around while they're being cooled then you can stop them cool walk around a little bit carry on cooling with people walking along by the side of them don't turn them on sharp circles again because if they are a little bit hot a little bit overheated then they and they're a little bit ataxic turning them on a sharp circle may increase the risk of them stumbling and falling and obviously you don't want that and so with a horse that's got a temperature of 39 and a half 40 degrees c on a hot day it could take 10 15 minutes to recover that horse and to make it comfortable with continuous cooling uh, 
If your horse is not recovering or appears to be getting worse, then of course it's really important to seek veterinary help as soon as possible. Of course, there's lots of other things that go with hot weather, and one of these is electrolytes. It is important that horses that are training in the heat and competing do have supplemental electrolytes in their feed. And we've got plenty of content on this. We've got podcasts on this uh, and we've we've got plenty of articles on this. In fact, at the moment, I'm just doing a review analysing the different electrolyte products that are on the market to uh, try and give you an idea of which ones are well formulated and likely to be most effective. And the mistakes people often make with electrolytes, one of the most common is not feeding them every day in feed and then suddenly trying to put a huge amount of electrolyte into the horse one or two days before a competition, particularly if it gets hot. Generally, that will only result in the horse perhaps not eating its feed. Um, It may upset the horse's stomach, may also upset the hindgut, and it really isn't an effective way of managing your horse with respect to electrolytes. You can't load extra electrolytes and the horse store them and be able to use them your horse is losing electrolytes every day so needs a continual supply in the feed in order to keep its levels uh, around the the ideal and the body will take care of that the horse horse's body is not stupid it knows what it needs you supply a slight excess and they will get rid of what they don't need and they will keep what they want So I hope you found this podcast uh, useful. Um, Please come and interact on our Facebook group. uh, Tell us about your experiences. uh, Talk to us about your problems. And be safe and take care. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
I hope you enjoyed this podcast and the Stable Science series. If you want to learn more about this topic and our work, head over to the drdavidmarlin.com website. Our website and community of members discuss a wide breadth of topics and the website houses thousands of articles, webinars, videos and research, all designed to help horse owners, riders, trainers and breeders achieve optimal performance for their much-loved horses. The drdavidmarlin.com site is an independent information resource for all equestrians, a source of unbiased, science-based research. To learn more about what we do and the hot topics under discussion, follow us on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter.